0: is Rock and Roll Grad School with your hosts Heidi Headquist and Luke Poling. They're just burning, doing the neutron dance.
1: Hello Kitties, we're going to have a good time together because we are talking peace and love. Right? that's how you say it. Uh, we're talking with Madeline Bocacci- Bocacciaro. I'm going to get this right one of these times. Who has a great book. I don't even know how you would describe it. It is a it's an experience. Yeah, it's a compendium of mm-hmm. articles, uh reviews, analysis, catalog, resonate, conversation. Resonating.
2: Yeah. yeah. It's, You're making it sound drier than it is.
1: But I think well, we get into it in the interview. We do. I, but but and Madeline is very quick to point out You know, yes, it's a big book, but it's an easy read to get through. But I Mm -hmm. I, and I said and I didn't make it very clear in the interview that um, you can pick it up, read it and put it down again. And I mean that as a what's in there is something you really want to spend some time at. And it's just it seems like one of those books that you want to make last as long as you can.
2: Yes. Agreed.
1: And I think that's what I meant. And I just said it very, very poorly.
2: Yeah. And it's
1: as per per usual. Right, and it's about Yoko Ono, and who doesn't want to know, you know, and again, we touched on in the interview, somebody so misunderstood and maligned for so long, who still just goes out and does really cool stuff.
2: Yeah, and spreads love and positivity. Exactly. Even though people have thrown a lot of negativity towards her. Exactly. We could get to the bottom of it. Oh my
1: God, completely. But let's get to the important things. Yes. Robert Plant, Alison Krauss... Mm -hmm. Yes. How was it?
2: Phenomenal. Okay.
1: Did he play Big Log?
2: He did not play Big Log. <laughs> I was to, to think about it for a minute.
1: I know. Tall, cool one. Nope. In the mood. Okay, I'm out of my Robert Plant solo work. Your turn.
2: Yeah, there really wasn't much uh, solo work. Mm-hmm. There was... Um, they did a really cool version of rock and roll very early oh, on. Oh, okay. That was very... Chuck Berry-esque, like mm-hmm. very fifty style, which was amazing. They did um, When the Levee Breaks.
1: Oh, okay.
2: They did Battle of, which I always pronounce it wrong. Evermore? Thank you. That one? Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but for some reason, I, I can't say, get it's... Evermore out when I say it with Battle of. I don't know. Fair. Sure. Yeah, those two went right into each other. So very nice. Okay. They were so good. The thing that was I mean, the sound was just perfection.
1: I feel like on the last few records, his voice is like this whisper almost. Like it's very, very close to the mic. And
2: But it still has it power. Needs to,
1: yes. But it needs to like, you need to hear him crystal clear. Yes. And it's got to sound like he's in your ear.
2: Yes. And I will say the shows I've been to this year, mm-hmm. with the exception of Not a Surf, whose, whose sound guy was terrible... The sound has just been outstanding, which prior to the pandemic, sound guys kind of got lazy around. Mm, Interesting. Yeah. So, but the sound was amazing. I Part of why it felt like no one was there is they didn't sell the lawn. They only sold the pavilion, Hmm. which is weird. I've never been to a show that did that. Yeah. But I think it would have been, it was the stage. Everything was definitely designed for like a very intimate indoor venue, Mm-hmm. But it was great. But what was really weird crowd was weird um,
1: because of the kind of demographic because I'm assuming you have a certain percentage of people in worn-out Led Zeppelin t-shirts.
2: There were definitely a lot of those. It was very heavily smelled like pot, like oh well, yeah, which I mean most shows at Inb do, but very much so. but
1: which is well, why I don't want to take the the elder to go see Roger waters that specifically that specifically that.
2: Yeah. I but for I that. think
1: you would love seeing a, a pig fly around a, an arena. But anyway, who wouldn't?
2: Right. Um, I know. But what was really sort of odd right out of the gate, a little bit disconcerting, is they come out to play. Right when they come out, everybody stands up. And these sort of aging hippies that you know were like rocking out, you know, full on back in the day mm-hmm. start yelling at the people in front of them of the same age group sit down you're blocking our view sit down and that to me was a great tragedy
1: yes i have heard such arguments before what? i i've heard them get very very ugly it's with not- one person telling another why don't you go home and die which was nice because this person was a little bit older I, I always am confused by people who get very upset about sitting versus standing. This is the too. thing as a group. We all decide, right? You cannot turn that tide.
2: No, you can't. And then the other thing that happened was the, the crowd. I think they felt like maybe we were at a bar listening to a show mm-hmm. because people didn't, people just kept getting up and coming back. Like there was a lot of movement through the show.
1: That never ceases to amaze me.
2: I don't see that that often. Like, there's always the few, like, deep cuts or, you know, about 40 minutes in, everyone needs a bathroom break, whatever. About 40
1: minutes in, they say, this is off the new record, and you're like, time to go pee. That's what everybody does.
2: Right. But this was through all of it.
1: It's very bizarre. nonstop.
2: And then Dave had a little lesson, because there was a couple that sat in front of us, that he was very tall. And he had a big straw hat on and Dave was very frustrated because we had four seats. Then. So
1: you had a coat chair. Right. But was it warm enough that you didn't need coats?
2: It was rainy. So I had my and okay. coat. So, sure. Um, but he,
1: and then you could leave a seat open for Elijah too.
2: Exactly. Okay. Precisely. To, yes. Okay. See, it totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. But then it, Dave was like, oh, I'm so tall. And he was all crabby. But I'm like, well, my whole family is tall. Like I can't be mad sitting behind the tall guy because that's everyone in my family. So mm. I can't, then I feel, then it's like my family can't go to shows, but the hat was unnecessary. But the guy was just kind of bopping and Dave kept getting really mad at him. Well, then the guy stood up with his wife towards the end mm-hmm. and he was rocking out so much, like terrible dance moves, but just feeling it and everything it should have been that Dave looked at me, and goes, okay, I love that guy. I feel really bad that I was mad at him before. <laughs>
1: What was
0: the thing that made you think i need to write a book about yoko um yoko was interviewed infinitely throughout her life there's more than you could ever listen to in 10 lifetimes but they always asked her the same questions and it wasn't usually about her her right. work um and she has so many important things to say and lessons that we can all learn from and basically she's a good person that's trying to enlighten us to our own inner powers and we're not listening to this you know we're busy well what did what did the Beatles do and what so this is what motivated me also you know I was I met her many 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 times hung out with her a lot I mean, she knew I got her she knew I understood her and um, I just feel it's like my responsibility to get her her message out there how did your paths first cross so I started writing to her when I was about mm, nine or 10 years old was probably the first letter. And then she started answering eventually. And I know, even though I lived in New York, I never really wanted to go over there and stand on their doorstep like most people did. Right. But um, my friend, after John had died and, you know, I just realized she was just so alone. My friend said to me, you know, Yoko needs to meet you. like I never thought of it that way so she's like come with me I used to go all the time and see her and John I said all right I'll go with you but I'm not standing out there more than you know 15 minutes like and within five minutes Yogo came out of the park with her friend and uh it was wonderful she I gave her a present she recognized my handwriting on the package and my name and she just yelled gave a little yell a screech Mm -hmm. and she's like oh my god and she hugged me and It was just magical. That's amazing. That gives me goosebumps. That's uh Uh, goosebumps was more than I had. I mean I was really nervous or whatever, but she just has this way of calming you. She took my hands, she was telling me that she loved me. She just feel like this warmth going through you. A lot of people have experienced the same thing. And you know, from then on she started inviting me. Oh having an exhibition. Come to this one, come to this concert, come to this. So that's how it started. That's fascinating. That's and it it
1: sounds like it all kind of, the relationship grew and blossomed through her work and her artwork and something separate from what her husband, her late husband, was yeah, doing of at that course, I'm
0: point. a huge John and Yoko fan, Beatles fan, all of that, but... You that can't bring your scrapbook.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like,
0: too much. And this woman did so much in her life, and yeah. it's so meaningful that I wanted to... First of all, I want to let her know that I understood it. And back then, this was the 80s, you know, middle 80s, everybody still hated her. Nobody wanted to talk to her about her work. Um, and she was just so happy to just divulge it all to me and say, yes, you're right. This is what I meant. And I also meant this. And I, so I have all this insight that nobody else really had. Well, and that's so
2: amazing. That's One of the things I've always thought about her and loved about her is to that point, like that incredible ability to just continue to persevere and spread your message and be who you are when the ultimate of haters are at your door mm-hmm. 24/7 and you are so visible and so recognizable and everyone knows where you live and can show up and she's never stopped she's never mm-hmm. faded into the woodwork she's never, She's just
0: driven. That that she's born that way. There's some people that don't like Iggy Pop. You know, boom, he's never right.
2: Right, no, Iggy'll never stop. But it's but it's just beautiful, and I just think that even from afar, you can feel her aura through a TV screen. Not to the level of being with her, but you can feel that energy and what she's trying to project in the world.
0: If you listen yes. and if, if you you're listen open to yes, it. Yes, you have
2: to listen. This right. is true. And that's the problem with the world in general. If we could solve a whole world of problems if people would just listen. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> but I just think that's magical, like you said, and rare. Yeah,
1: yeah. So how do you take somebody who is such a unique artist, someone who is so misunderstood for her own work, let alone everything else going on in her life? How do you present that in a book form to readers to really get what she's going for and what she's trying to say with her work
0: yeah i i actually tried to just get her spirit out in the book so what it was is i had been writing um about her all my life pretty much every time i saw a concert i'd write about it when i got home after i spoke to her i'd write about it i've collected every article her written about her you know everything and um i had a. Uh, some friends that would ask me what did this mean what did that mean and so i started okay i'm going to write about her apple artwork today i'm going to write about this album today i to write this song and my boyfriend gave me software eventually and he said why don't you dump all your word documents in here and see what you got and i had a 500 page book so oh. you know and with all these archives i had of the articles is um i knew she spoke about this album in this magazine crud daddy 1971 whatever and i was like She said this, it was, it's just all in my head and I just go to pull the source and it's all quotes from her, her mostly John, Sean, even Paul McCartney. There's the whole story of how he brought them back together when they were separated. There's um, a chapter called Premonitions about all the things she wrote about in songs that came true years later, just really eerie and some beautiful but some very chilling. Um, There's a chapter about her Japanese influences on her music on her art and influence of nature there's a whole section about water a whole section about air just and it's just miraculous the thing she says like um like water is more valuable than gold it's like wow never thought of that or you know mm-hmm. the, thing, the important things are what didn't happen in history not what actually happened so she's got this kind of inverted wisdom that seems to work for her and it's, it goes throughout the book and there's other chapters where it's just called oh, always awake and always dreaming which was one of her t- tweets and I just thought that's a good idea for a chapter because she's very dreamlike but she kind of projects to make these things come true and she's trying to teach us to do the same thing um but yeah a chapter about uh called woman power about her feminism and how she feminized john and, how her grandmother was an early feminist in, in the early days, and you know, it just I tried to get it all out in her voice, pretty much.
1: It, it gives me great pleasure to begin this next sentence this way, um, and it, it will turn into a question. But our mutual friend Hilly Michaels is the one that connected us, yes. uh, drummer, musician extraordinaire, and. His when I first started talking with him, he was saying how much he loved the book because you can't sit through, sit down and read it in one sitting. You have to pick it up, read a cup a little bit, put it back down, and then spend days digesting that one sentence that really resonates with you. That her her thoughts, her art. I mean, I feel that way with her Twitter account. You know, yeah. that it's just, there's so it's like much... like a
0: million fortune cookies. Like yes. Yeah, in one <laughs> sentence. There's <laughs> yes. like, I
1: need to spend a lot of time thinking about this. How did you ever sort of say, like, what well, this is it, this is the book? I mean, because it seems like so much of her being is this sort of artistic life in the like greatest sense, that so much of what she does is, is centered around this art. How do you God. think... Why'd you say, OK, I got to stop now? Because it's either I stop now or I never stop. Did you oh, feel like that?
0: Um, yeah, I could go on. I could still <laughs> go on. But it was 550 pages. And I thought I've said, every, you know, pretty much everything I needed to say, and could, I could write another volume. But this is the cream of the crop, really. It's just everything that was important to me that she had said all since my childhood, right? I'm listening to her. And I was like, she said this, she said that. I need to get this out. Um, but also, I don't want to make it sound like it's such a long, involved book that that's going to take you forever to read. What people are actually saying is that they read their fav- favorite chapters over and over because they're not even long chapters; they're just segments because they were each short stories, and I strung them all together and I, you know, wrote like little interludes. And I, when I realized it was going to be a book, I wrote forward and afterward. But um, they're really all self-contained stories, so you can just read. 15 minutes before you go to bed and complete a story. And you're not going to lose the plot if you skip around. It's it's all, there's a story about the song Give Peace a Chance. that's like 10 pages long, but it's all about it, you know, and the whole time surrounding it and how they, they recorded it. There's just, you know, a whole chapter about each album. Each song is mentioned and at least a paragraph about each song and her meaning and her talking about it. So there's no other book that has everything about her music in it and I just felt that it had to be done.
2: What chapter do you you go back to a lot?
0: Well, I love the afterword because I kind of like, really, it's all about truth. You know, they just wanted to get the truth out there. They're all about transparency. You know, they filmed every day. No makeup, no no facade. You know, it was just all about attaining communication, peace, all good things. And they got shot down at every turn.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, can you talk a little bit about her work that she did with John, the the collaborations and songs and and the albums, and maybe how that changed her as an artist? Did it change her? Because it certainly affected um, him.
0: Okay, so actually, when you know, supposedly well, when the Beatles broke up, and when John said he was going to leave the Beatles, Yoko was kind of spooked because he said to her now it's just you and me so could you well, imagine a, him saying that?
2: a <laughs> lot of pressure yeah <laughs> i feel and like wait what <laughs> not only that
0: but she's an independent artist she never right. collaborated with anyone she's just in her own zone and yeah. even in the letter b sessions the get back sessions whatever you call them now you see her sitting there and one little side note is that i i did a that's what do you call it a, a panel discussion about my book at the Beatle it was to be beetle fest the fest for Beatles fans right in yes. april and everybody loved my talk they're all wonderful but they were saying wow we've never seen her on video before we know this is the most famous woman in the world <laughs> yeah right they just don't <laughs> pay attention to will oh, do turn it off right and i was like spooked by that because it's like That's wow crazy. no wonder they don't know anything and, she's invisible
1: uh, in many yeah. ways
0: so you know he said this and She thought, wow, okay, but she pulled it out of her hat. What did they do first? You know, the bed in. That's her idea. She directed it. She produced it, whatever. Um, The war is over posters. She's like, yeah, let's. So, you know, she learned to collaborate with him and they did it very well. And um, eventually she. She took 20 years off before going back to her own art because she had to start putting out his stuff after he passed away, and that was more important to her to get his artwork out, his music unreco- unreleased music. So um, I think she just slipped into it with him. They were on an equal wavelength. They were like a mirror of each other. Mm-hmm. So they had no—I'm sure they had some disagreements, but they understood every each other's ideas, and he became. An artist, and she became a rock star. You know, they kind of—it's true. Kind of like each other. Yeah,
2: which is what more would you want? I mean, that's what a relationship should do, right? Right. Take the best. One of my favorite times of Yoko being on video is. (laughs) when I was in high school and college, I was obsessed with the show Mad About You and she had a guest oh, yeah. star on it. And I, that's like my favorite episode yeah, ever. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I loved it. And I loved it because Yoko was in it and it was amazing.
0: Yeah. Well, we all have this like nostalgic feeling about the 60s and 70s right. and she's part of that. She's a major part of that. And she was in Swinging London before John, you know, before she met John doing the happenings and the right. And working with the avant-garde and the flux and it it's all in the book and it's all important and it's all there's a lot of humor in it and she's a very funny person i mean she's so cute and um i just made sure i got that all in there and
2: you know. when you met that first time did you have any idea that your relationship would evolve to where someday you are sort of the the keeper of her story and the the I hope that I will be
0: I mean no was the answer to that (laughs) I also knew that she's the most important person in my life always always has been and I always knew I would meet her I didn't know how it would be when or how but it was beautiful and it it's it's still beautiful but um you know I just just my boyfriend giving me that software I'm putting together everything I wrote just came together and now doing podcasts and all, I guess, it's happening. So fine. It might as well be me because I I just feel that, you know, I really can interpret what she wanted to say.
1: And it's so great. I feel like one of the things, I think it was Paul who said one of the reasons that he thinks the Beatles music has stuck around so much is that they didn't talk about hate and there was a lot of talk about peace and love. And you Mm -hmm. see that continuing in her at work. And I remember... I think it was early, late 90s, early 2000s, that around Christmas time she put up the wars over billboards again. And just the seeing those and that feeling and knowing that that's, it's just there's something about her that's so magical. And she seems like a, that kind of person who just sort of has this effect on
0: Right. It's sort Everything. of like an imagined thing, you know, war is over. If you want it, imagine it, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was very shocking. It was like guerrilla theater in a way, you know, yeah. you just stop in your tracks and look at this. and Wait, it's over. Oh, no, it's not. But if I want it, you know. Right. That's, that It could be. It's <laughs> one of
2: my favorite chapters, uh, by the way. I, I, it's mm-hmm. just a fascinating story about the, the posters. One of the areas, too, I think people forget, you know, people love Sean so much and who he's become and her role as a mother I think sometimes people still separate that and the fact that you know this woman had this little tiny boy with the age of right. five didn't have a dad anymore
0: well that was her motivation for keeping on I mean otherwise who knows what would have happened with right? her? it's devastating so Sean is her biggest fan you know it's great and he has a whole output of music that's his own. He was that's in her band awesome. for a while, touring with her. It was fantastic. So thank God for him. And um, that's what kept her going. And they're beautiful together. So.
1: Do you have a favorite piece of her artwork that you kind of hold close? I do. In that?
2: I do. You want to wait a second? I'll get it. Yes. Oh,
1: please. We love show and tell.
2: I know that this this room is like a dream to me. By the way.
1: Oh, I said. Oh, oh you've got. So there's not like
2: much of her artwork, her artwork you can actually own,
0: you know, because mm-hmm. it's, it's all. It's an apple. It's an acorn, or it's a. So this right. is a piece of sky. <gasps> it's it's lucite. I whatever. love that. And her, the sky is her big thing, you know. She's, That's amazing. Really so this was um, created for Autism Speaks in 2009, mm-hmm. and it was auctioned. Okay. All the pieces, a huge, um, you know complete piece and all these pieces were auctioned That's amazing. and yeah so I got one of these it's gorgeous.
2: I used to do a lot of work with Autism Speaks that warms oh, yeah? my heart it's amazing back That's in right. the day mm-hmm. yes I was telling Luke when you stepped away how much I'm coveting your room right now if oh, I was yeah. home you'd see you'd see Debbie Harry behind oh. me and Keith Richards is over here but oh, so yeah. I'm like just loving everything in there
0: <laughs> yeah anyway this is the Speaking of peace and all, this is the yes. cover. I, I had seen that. this. It was a greeting card um, that an Australian artist did. Uh, her name is Kat McInnes. And that's I asked her for picture. permission to that's use it. And I just love the cloud and the dove says it all, you know. So yeah, perfect. And in your mind, um, the title is I have um, an original Indica Gallery catalog. From her 1966 exhibition where she met john and it's oh, autographed and in uh, there's um some pages from there are actually pages from grapefruit which became Grapefruit in there and um i didn't even notice this when i got it but i was flipping through it one day and there was this passage it was typed you know that said um notice that the chair it, what it was supposed to say the chair in your mind doesn't disappear even if you burn the chair but the the text had left out the words in your mind and she wrote them in by hand and oh. I was
2: like that's the book title yes that's perfect mm. yeah that's perfect oh my gosh I'm have so you heard from
1: you. other Beatles fans and Yoko fans and what their reaction is they, yeah, so they I dig have in so the local.
0: book several books already and they're loving it they're growing crazy actually i want to read my favorite favorite the person who really encouraged me to put the book together was their john and yoko's assistant dan richter Mm -hmm. and he wrote this for me and it's so nice he wrote very beautiful you capture her spirit and vision you tell her story so well and it's very important that someone does yoko spent so much of her life being misunderstood and misrepresented she is such a special person and artist. The world needs the record you are creating. I'm amazed not only by how much you know about Yoko, but also how well you write about it. Thank you for doing what you're doing. It's wonderful to see Yoko and her art celebrated. That's so that's what awesome. so wow. cool.
2: I was like. Yeah. That's... that's
1: the reason for writing the book.
2: <laughs> right? It yeah. says it all. Awesome.
1: Now, before we let you go, um, I have to ask about some other important gentlemen in your life. That would be. <laughs> she
2: looks terrified. I know. <gasps> it, that
1: would be Ron and Russell Mayo. Oh, oh, right. Yeah. And you're. So the you.
2: Brothers I never had. Yeah. They're, they're important men in our minds, in our yes. life. We love them. How
1: did you kind of start interacting with them? How did you.
2: Um,
0: I did saw you have the them. fan club? Yeah, I, I was in. I went to their concerts when I was 15, 16. You know, I saw them live and then um i was in their fan club for a long time and then when the internet came I'm like what are sparks up to and i googled and found out these groups of sparks fans were meeting in chicago for a convention and i met with them and all and actually met my boyfriend there we've been together like three years almost 30 years and um we had a phone call with ron and russell and i was speaking to them and they said you know we kind of remember you and I'm like, oh, cool. you know. And then I did an article about them um, in a magazine, and they loved it, and they asked me to start writing their fan club newsletter. So I've been doing that for about 20 years. But I think this is the first one I haven't done because I'm busy with this book now. But yeah, I've been doing that.
2: That's amazing. Oh, yeah. That's and to see fun, the, the
1: growth and the oh. changes in their careers, especially in the past 20 years. Mm-hmm. it's got to be wonderful to oh, do you yeah. get any oh, insight do you get any little tips that something's coming up before it actually comes up
0: mm-hmm. yeah they're friends <laughs> like, uh, i saw you. them in april <laughs> they did two great shows in new york and, uh, i was at uh, show yeah. number one
1: yes oh, it was great. amazing
2: i saw them in detroit front and center wow <laughs> oh amazing yeah. yeah. we went on tour we went to japan went
0: to you know all over england with them that's, really, oh, that's amazing that's,
1: and it feels like they're really reaching a new apex in their career different than their previous apexes but oh yeah still, massive like,
0: because of the Edgar Wright documentary right yeah
1: but I like the the appreciation of what they have been able to yes Make over the past
0: many years. Yeah. Just like Yoko, nobody was listening before. What? You know, there's a great thing that you're ignoring because it's maybe too eclectic where it's saying something different and yeah.
1: Is it there's gotta be is there is it weird when you're talking with them where you does your mind just go like this is sparks, this is not my buddy's
0: when i get yes, home i go wow it's just <laughs> right <laughs> it great. they're really great guys and it's all sparks all the time it's not like we talk about psychology you know mm-hmm. it's like what sparks doing and they play us their new record or they you
2: know they, it's all about sparks wait have you had hello kitty toast at russell's house oh i've seen the toaster but I.
0: It's gonna rain, it's gonna rain It's gonna rain like you've never seen before It's gonna rain A bowl of cherries. You give me a bowl of pits. The pits will grow into trees one day. I'm getting my cherries anyway. In your mind,
1: the infinite universe of Yoko Ono is available it's right so now wherever it. you get books, places like Amazon.com. If you want hardcover copies, those are only available from the books publisher. That is conceptualbooks.com. And if you want to read Madeline's blog, which is a great collection of essays pictures, memories, all sorts of great things. Check out her website, madelinex.com.
2: You can check us out on all the various socials. Be sure to visit our website at rocknrollgradschool.com And don't forget to leave us a review.
1: Today's show is produced by myself and Heidi Hedquist. Our reluctant producers are John Sauvey and Sandy Stone. Our willing producers are Rachel Allen and Randy Jeanette. Our intern is Zach Jackson. This one's for Philippe. Thank you. Good night and make all your favorite bands yes, stay together. Yes,
0: I'm just living on tiptoe, feeling like so-so, trying not to step
2: on your eggs,
0: because I know
1: it's going to rain.
2: It's going to rain!